BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Got my PrevNA 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us, wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic, and at higher risk? Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. My very handsome co-host, Mr. Nick Smith. Y'all say hello. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening to Nick. It is so good to be here with you right now. And I have to tell you, this is 
not the way we wanted to do it, but Governor Newsom had other plans, right, Flame? No, it's it's people's fault. I'm not gonna blame my governor. It's y'all for not wearing no damn mask. I'm blaming y'all because y'all should be hard here to put y'all mask on. Then my co-host could be here in studio with me. Can I just say for those who may have taken a sneak peek and um, didn't get a chance to uh, see it as you walked into the room here, you look really good in that skirt. That looks good with that little flower and all that. You gave us a little sneak peek a few seconds ago. Did you think that looked very feminine? Do I look like a reporter? You look like a correspondent. Almost. Almost. We'll see what well, April has to say. Speaking of correspondents, <laughs> you know, we do have a very special White House correspondent that's going to be joining us momentarily here on Laugh and Learn. And I'm very excited about it. Um, how was your week? How I, I'm very bummed that you're not here with me because people are going to get used to seeing us together. But I do have a, re, not a replacement, but a fill-in for you. Yes, look, you do. Look at my baby right there. That's my baby, Lauren Hogan, y'all. Hi. Can y'all the see The amazing Lauren? Lauren Hogan. For those Hi. who may not know, Lauren is directly responsible for really helping to keep the ship afloat because there are a lot of things that Flame has to do. And that woman right there is like, Flame, calm down. I got this. You just be Flame. I can take care of the rest of this. You were really right about that. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so let me explain to you all. To the let me explain to y'all who Lauren Hogan is. Lauren Hogan is now my new manager, and I met Lauren Hogan last year during the AHF campaign. You remember I was doing that burlesque campaign last year, you guys? And so Lauren was the one who hired me for that, and we just let me AHF, tell you how, Flame. Tell people what AHF is. AHF is AIDS Healthcare Foundation. They hired me last year to do their burlesque campaign, and you can speak and just step in, Lauren, because we hear you. But um, Lauren was on the road with us the entire time we were on the road doing the campaign. Lauren is twenty-five years old now. She was twenty-four then. I thought Lauren was about forty, <laughs> not because she looks forty, but because her professionalism was so on point. She was so bomb, and she took such great care of me on the road. And when I say taking great care of me, I mean my bags were taken care of. I was first class all the way. She would leave the credit card at the front office, whatever hotel we checked in and say, whatever she wants in her room. Did you catch that? The whatever she wants. Did you? Th- Let me go back. Whatever <laughs> she wants. Mind you, I'm walking in there looking like James Brown with a hat on, but whatever <laughs> she wants. Oh, I fell in love with Lauren Hogan. It was, it, she will never get away from me, ever. And she's here today because we're going to talk about some things that's going on with HL. But we're going to get to that. I want to just tell you, I know what your week was like because you're not here with me. But I want to tell y'all, got I got a rogue rat in my house. Not in my house, in my garage. Where's my thing yet? The rat is smart. The a rat literal must rat. Be, Flame, you're talking oh, about rat. an actual I caught rat. One. I, I caught one, but you know where there's one, there's two. Kind of like roaches. Or Republicans, you know. Uh, uh, <laughs> So I caught one rat, but I had left my box of edibles down in the garage. Look what the rat did to the edibles. The rat ate the jelly off the rat trap without popping it. Not only is this rat high, but this rat is brilliant. Smart. It must be a black woman. It's got because black women have taken over 2020. I'm just black women are the power, the strength, and the backbone. But there is a rat walking around in Long Beach that's like Snoop Dogg sipping on gin and juice, high as hell. <laughs> Bent on some laid back with my man on my money. <laughs> You thought you were hiding you thought you were hiding the edibles from the rat and the rat was a little bit smarter. Well, I didn't hide them. That is my hangout spot. That's my Hishiwi cave. Hishiwi. If you're not familiar with what Hishiwi is, let me break down the, the definition of Hishiwi. He cash a check, she make the money, we spend the same bitch right here. Hishiwi. Hishi that's my very own pronoun. Hishiwi. Flame, your 
you know, you're talking about pronouns. I do want to, before we jump into the show, take a chance, uh, this opportunity to remind people that Friday was actually Trans Remembrance Day. And, mm -hmm. and, and that was especially important this year because uh, the idea behind it is to recognize uh, members of the trans community who have died to violence, correct? That's, that's very correct. And we just lost a sister last week uh, due to her husband stabbing her. It's all over social media. Her name was Uni Carey. May she rest in peace. And then I just saw on this morning another young lady was killed. I don't know what is going on with all of that, but I'm going to ask my sisters to remember to that self-preservation is the first law of nature. Now, you take it how you want to take it, but I'm telling you right now, if it comes down to a choice of me and you, I will always choose me. Plus, I watch plenty of Long Order SVU. I know how to get away with some shit. Oh, I can get away with some shit. Oh, baby, trust me. I'm going to have but it with yeah. me and I'm put them down. And then when the police come, I'm going to say, well, what happened? I'm going to say, well, officer, I don't know what happened, but that was his weapon. He dropped it. I picked up. It went off 13 times. Uh, if you don't believe me, ask him. Oh, I'm sorry. You can't ask him. Him did. <laughs> <laughs> but Trans Day of Remembrance is November 20th. And for people who want more information, they can go to hrc.org because they have uh, posted links to different information for those who may want to learn more. To my, so trans, brothers, to my trans brothers and sisters out there, protect yourselves. Whatever, what, by, by, in the words of Malcolm X, by any means necessary. Flame, you kind of hinted at it because you're wearing the hair and you're looking mm -hmm. good. You're wearing mm -hmm. the black, looking a bit conservative. Do uh, I look because, conservative? <laughs> well, you have to remember, I just got through doing a interview with you on Breakfast Club where you didn't necessarily look uh, like the reporter. <laughs> well, it, that will air on Friday, by the way, right the day oh. of the Thanksgiving. And I'm telling y'all right now, if y'all think I set the internet on fire that first time, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think the hashtag will be Saggy Maggie. That's all I'm going to say. The saggy hashtag Maggie. will definitely be Saggy Maggie. And I'm telling you something right now. I was watching the news this morning. I was trying to watch the view, but I was putting my makeup on. And I was looking at the state of the world. And, you know, I go back to my whole Wizard of Oz effect because I said that in order for us to beat this coronavirus and to beat the, the system, the, the Trumpism, that we needed to have the whole heart, mind, and a brain. Because the, the story of Wizard of Oz is we were trying to get back, Dorothy was trying to get back home. She mm -hmm. encountered three people that needed a heart, a mind, and a brain. And those are the three qualities I think that we need to become great Americans again, to be in a place of at least complicity, because the world is so divided right now. But we're going to fix it, because laugh and learn, we're going to bring you in, we're going to make you laugh, we're going to make you think, and you're going to look at the pretty bitch that's hosting. <laughs> and we were talking about that, too. I, I left a message earlier today letting people know to join us today at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard, 4 p.m. Eastern, because we would have special White House correspondent as a guest, April Ryan, who is the author of Under Fire, you know, was a best Just a couple of books out. Flame, how many messages did you get from people wanting you to ask different questions to Ms. Ryan? Miss Ryan um, inboxed me and told me that she knows exactly my plight that I told her about last week because she has a 13-year-old daughter and an 18-year-old daughter. So we twins mm. in that aspect. And baby, but the difference is with a woman raising daughters, to me, I think it's better than a man raising them because we push, I'm a pushover. I'm a monster to everybody, but I'm a pushover to my daughters. And I definitely understand why little girls turn into pimps when they get older because it starts at home with their dads. They pimp their dad out, then they pimp out their husbands and boyfriends. You know, I'm just saying, y'all always want to give the man the bad credit. You know, this equal opportunity. I'm on the man's side and on the woman's side because I have been the man and the woman in the same night sometimes, depending on who turn it was, what day of the week, and how much money. I'm just letting y'all know where we at. I'm just you letting y'all know, you know that, where we at. That, that sounds a little creative like Frankenstein, like you can be a real monster. 
baby Frankenstein. <laughs> understand that. Let me let me break down the philosophy of Frankenstein to you all, because everybody thinks that Frankenstein was the monster. Frankenstein was never the monster. Frankenstein created the monster and did not want to face his demons, kind of like what we do in real life with everything, with your relationships, with mm. your parents, with your children. We create these monsters and then we don't want to face them. You know, mm. we have a let me and I'm going to use this as a synopsis. And, you know, some girls going to get mad. You know, I don't give a fuck. Um, we have a transgender senator, our very first one. Her name mm -hmm. is um, Sarah McBride out of mm -hmm. Delaware. We mm -hmm. love to holler from the trans community that people don't like us. They don't accept us for who we are. But statistically, trans girls, trans women don't vote regularly. So mm -hmm. this woman has been put in office as a state senator. And if we didn't vote for her, who did? Because she won. Mm. You know what I'm mm. saying? And I know that sounds like, wow, but it's not a wow. It is real. And we have to stop creating monsters and did not want to face these demons. We create our own demons and then don't want to face them. I'm telling you, I know a demon. I got two of them. Both of my baby mamas. They both named Tasha. Baby, I created two demons. I'm running every day. Good God, I'm running. <laughs> so what, what you're saying is that, you know, here is uh, a member of the, the trans community who clearly was able to win office by garnering the vote of constituents who did not necessarily look like her. Exactly. And Delaware right. must be the hot spot because we got the new president from Delaware and we got a <laughs> trans woman and she's cute. You know, so most of the times they will hire the ones that look like Herbert with a wig on. She's actually lovely. You know, Sarah you McBride. and I, you and I kind of glazed over it earlier because we, we, we talk all the time regularly and people know that. And this is just an hour where we kind of open it up to other people. But you and I were just talking about how there have been a lot of reports about the progress being made with vaccinations and vaccines and how we could be just literally weeks away from maybe as many as three different vaccines that could hit mm. the, uh, the marketplace. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm more than three weeks away. I'm miles and millions of years. Away. I am not taking it. I don't trust it. I don't trust the people who created it. I don't like any of it. I'm not doing it. I, my baby, let me, my kids don't even take a flu shot. My children are 17, 17 and 13. I didn't say 17 twice because I, I made a mistake. I got two 17 year olds, both seven months apart, two different baby mamas. Oh, please don't let these titties fool you. Uh, anywho. You know, you know that's called hood twins. You know that, Is that right? what it's called? Uh -huh, no, it's hood actually twins. Called, yeah. It's actually called my pullout game ain't what it used to be. Let me just reroll about the situation. <laughs> But the but I'm not, my children real. have never had a flu shot and they've right. also never had the flu. Mm. I, I don't trust. It's so many things that I don't trust. And it's not that I don't trust all government, but for this last year, it's been so, well, the last couple of years, it's been so shaky. I don't want to deal with it. Well, Flame, I do want to plug in that there has been some controversy around that because uh, there's been a focus on HBCUs specifically. Uh, more than 500,000 rapid coronavirus tests have been distributed to HBCUs. Um, and a lot of people have stepped up to say that this is a great idea because, uh, unfortunately, African-Americans are five times more likely to be hospitalized from coronavirus. And a recent administration analysis of HBCUs also found that schools to have predominantly minority faculty with other health variables, making them a higher risk demographic, meaning that a lot of the faculty members look more like Valerie, Miss Valerie and Miss Rosetta. So we have to also keep them in mind who may not be um, as young and able to recover because they may have comorbidities.
Uh, yeah, we're understanding this to all my students at the HBCUs because Lauren Hogan is also an HBCU graduate from Spelman. Uh, don't do it. I know money is tight. Don't do all I can think about. Look up the Tuskegee uh, rep Airmen report. Look up that. Let me let y'all talk to Lauren because she went to HBCU. And I know money is tight when you're in college, but I'm telling you, don't get this 1700 and can't enjoy it. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree. I mean, in a lot of things, like, I don't get a flu shot either. The last flu shot I got, I was 12 and ended up with stomach virus, and I was, like, bedridden for two weeks. Haven't gotten a flu shot since. I'm a fine. So same thing goes for me with the vaccine. Let, you know, however many millions of people take it, let's see what happens. I'm not – I don't feel safe to take it. I don't feel confident in what's happened or what's transpired to make me feel like, oh, yeah, this is something that will be good for me. I don't feel that way. And I agree. I mean – I hear all that you're saying, Nick, in terms of why or the reasoning behind, you know, they're trying to take the vaccine to, you know, to HBCUs. But initially when coronavirus came out, there was two French doctors that came out and said, How don't, why don't we just go to Africa and test people and see what happens? You know, they got ridiculed for it and everything else, but it's very unsettling for me that we're taking into the black community to test mm -hmm. out as guinea pigs. Say that one more time because black people ain't never first for shit. Let me let me go back. We ain't never first for Jack, but now we first because, you know, they keep saying statistically black and brown children are damn faster. That's the overplay for the underplay because they want us to take the shot first. Give it to your mama because I ain't taking it. Nicholas, I, think, I love you. To, to be clear, what we're actually saying is do your research. We're not necessarily mm -hmm. giving medical advice. We're just No, simply, I'm not telling you what to do. These are our right, opinions. Right. Yes. This my, is my strong opinion. Yeah. and how I feel. And y'all know how <laughs> I feel about Fauci anyway. If you don't know, go watch back and watch last week's Laugh and Learn because I every time I see that nigga smiling, yeah, it's a setup. <laughs> Nicholas, I love you. I'm going to set you up. I got somebody on here. I want to talk to this lady. She so, looks so pretty. She sent me the most beautiful uh, pictures and we're we going to bring her on because I'll see you. I'll it's talk to you It's time to do it. Minute. Let's do it. Bye, my love. <laughs> Remove Nick Smith. Y'all know I got my real glasses on so I can see. Where you at, Miss Ryan? Can I call her Miss April, y'all? Is that appropriate? El uh, uh, is that appropriate, Lauren? I think that's appropriate. I have to ask Lauren because she's my manager. And this <laughs> Lauren be put, grabbing my hand when I go too far because you know I will go I'll too far. You. I'll pinch you. Ooh, where you going to pinch me? <laughs> <laughs> it ain't no fun if you don't pinch me where I want to be pinched. <laughs> So I'm so excited to have this lady join us. I have been watching her because I didn't even get into politics until Bill Clinton. I didn't give, mm. I didn't vote. I didn't give a damn about no. Hello. Hello. Oh my God. <laughs> Gorgeous. <laughs> I love that hair, April. You look beautiful. Do you like it? I do. Me, good. Me good okay. afternoon. Good morning. Where are you in Baltimore? I'm outside of Baltimore. I'm in my dark office. I don't know why. I changed the light bulb to a blue light bulb, and I didn't turn it on. Um, trying to make sure we're COVID, you know, ready. Well, just case. don't shoot yourself up with no Lysol. I know somebody said it, but I don't think you Lysol like to have no Lysol bleach, no. No Lysol <laughs> Can I just start off by saying thank you so much? I reached out to April and asked April, would she come and join me on Laugh and Learn? And immediately she was like, oh, my God, I love you. I was like, you know who yes. I am. I was so enamored that you knew who I was. I called Lauren. I said, girl, she knew who I was. I know who you are. I saw the Tiffany Haddish special. I talked. We talked. Tiffany Haddish and I talked about you um, at Tyler Perry's studio opening. And I'm just 
I'm just enamored and I'm a fan. That's all I'm Well, I, I'll take that. And you know what it is? I just, because I see, I've seen you in the White House correspondence for so many years. And this last one just, I'm telling you something. If I could come, to, there, there's a man up under these titties. I just want you to know that. <laughs> and if I could have got up in there one time, I'm telling you, I would have wreaked havoc up in there because of the disrespect. But we ain't going to get to that right now. I want to start off with fun. So welcome to this show, Mrs. Miss, Miss April. Can I call you Miss April? Call me April. No, no, no. I want to call you Miss April. I like Miss April. You know, Miss <laughs> okay. April sounds respect. Let me tell you something. You earn that. If you was just a, a regular lady, I'd be like, girl, if you don't knock it off. But you're not. You Miss <laughs> April Ryan, baby. Three books. Uh, what's the we And we searched high and low to get. I ordered on Amazon. Amazon is the day left. Just Bezos. I want my money back. Uh, Under Fire, 2018. <laughs> it's 2016 you had At Mama's Knee. And in 2015, you had Presidency in Black and White. You are author, a wife, a mother. She got two Not teenagers. a wife anymore. Not a wife anymore. Oh, I didn't know you were not married anymore. Girl, oh, I'm no, telling you something. No. I ain't never been married, and I'm never going to get married. Because if a man asks me for something I don't want to do, I'm going to punch him in the face. And I'm just a big enough girl to do it. Miss April, you know what the first question I want to ask you? Because I've always been interested to know this. And I, 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 my guess is probably different from what it is. I want to know, well, who was the most fun president? Did you work? Because you worked up under Clinton. Um, you worked up under Bush. And you worked up under Obama. And you worked up under this last one. But out of the first three, who were who was the most fun off camera, personally, to you? So here's, here's the deal. Um, each president is different. And it's like children. You know, you can't say which one is best. I think each one of them did the best that they knew how to do when they were in office. But at the end of the day, um, you would be surprised when I tell you George W. Bush was just as gregarious as Bill Clinton. And this is, you know, behind the scenes. We would talk, George W. Bush and I would talk about issues of race all the time. He recognized the subtle and overt racism that Barack Obama was going through when he was running against John McCain. I'm telling you the stories that I have and the conversations I had when we weren't on camera. Um, Barack Obama, because of history and because he looks like me, I don't know. He has this 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 dry sense of humor. He'll say it, and it's like you're deadpan, and then you're on the floor just rolling, you know. And he is he's got this new book called Promised Land, but I think I'm a little biased towards him because he was the first. And you know, we never thought we would ever see the first. But he he's funny. He's he's got a bop. He's got, plays basketball. He reminds me of my cousin, my brother. Yeah. You know, um, somebody, and he was, and, and and believe it or not, he would always, he looked out for me in his own way. And I appreciate that. And I got some news too with that. You're the first one I'm telling. Oh, look tell, out for me. I ain't going to tell nobody. Tell me, girl. I ain't going to tell nobody. <laughs> <laughs> You're actually the first one I'm telling um, publicly. Monday, look on my IG live. Because it's going to be a promised land. That's all I'm going to say. Ooh. Oh, my God. I'm excited. That is fantastic. I'm excited, too. That is a fantastic message. See, I would have thought you would have said Bill Clinton because Bill Clinton is most like me. Bill Clinton played a sax. He smoked a blunt. He he did some, <laughs> he did some things in the Oval Office that I've done before. You know, all of that. Just, you know, the similarity. Yeah, but let me say, but it's hard. It's like, like I said, it's hard to pick. It's hard to pick which one because they were all so different. Bill Clinton, and here's something, in my first book, we talk about this. 
we had a soul food dinner with Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton, he didn't play the sax and he didn't smoke a blunt at the dinner. But what he did, he ate chitlins hey. and collard greens and, and garlic fried chicken on one fork. Oh, on Bill, the same fork. Bill Clinton it's, was gangster to me. I'm telling you something right now. I was never angry with Bill about what the deed that he did. I've done that deed many times and been on both ends. You know, what he, <laughs> what he did, what he, right, what he did now, what he did was basically something I think that Hillary had to deal with. That was between those two, um, mostly than anything. And, and, and you know, there, it, it was, I don't even want to get into that. I don't want to relitigate that because we're going to relitigate that forever. But that, that it's, I, as people, as they are people, and that's something we have to remember. They are people. Um, this one, I, 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 there's no saving grace for this one to me. Um, but, I saw the humanity in the last three, and I don't see that with him. Well, definitely and not. It's something as small as having a pet. The last three had pets. This one can't even bring himself to love anything else but himself. Mm -hmm. And that's all I'm going to say. Well, we are the collateral damage as Americans behind that, so I understand that. I want to know something, April, Miss April. I need to know the truth from you about this. How in the hell did you keep your professional composure in some of those? Let me tell you something. I am a black man and woman up under all that. I would have exploded, but I understand. I want to, You have the patience of Job. Let me say that. Because there was one time, I think he called you out about the black caucus. I'm like, and you looked at him like, why are you calling on me? But you were so patient and your composure and temperature stayed the same. Please tell me where you learned that from. You know, my mother and father are gone to glory and both of them were agrarians. They, my mother came from a farming family in North Carolina. My father came from a farming family in Maryland. They never imagined that their daughter would be at the White House. They never imagined that I, a descendant of the last known slave, slave that I know of in my family on my mama's side, five generations removed from a slave called Joseph Dollar Brown, sold on the auction block in Fayetteville, North Carolina. And if I get up there doing all this and doing all that, I negate everything that they worked for, Harriet Tubman worked for, Rosa Parks worked for, John Lewis, uh, Barrett Rustin, uh, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, everybody, Marcus Garth, everyone. I would negate that. I have to stand. It's not about me. It's not about me. It's about the issues that our community, all of the issues that our community still needs answers for. So at the end of the day, I don't know. My mother always, you know, <laughs> my mother always taught me humility. And my father used to, you know, when I first went to the White House, God rest his soul. He said, Lord, he prayed for me before we had this family prayer. Um, he said, Lord, let her keep her home training and it's stuff. I'm glad you brought that up about your mom and stealing something on you. Cause this lady here, this Lauren Hogan, when we were on the road last year for HF doing a campaign, I thought she was much older than she is Miss Ryan because she's so professional and she's so spot on with her, with what she does and so diligent about it. And I love that you are an educated woman. This is a young, powerful, educated woman. I told her I was interviewing with you. She said, Oh flame, please let me come because what you Aww. have said, those words about your mom, her mother, I know her mother. Her mother is a monster. And when I say that, I mean that she has instilled in her daughter such a 
powerful professionalism and and getting the job done and not making excuses because you're a woman and, and at least being a woman of color, she just yeah. made it happen. So I wanted to bring Lauren because Lauren wants to talk to you. Talk to her, Lauren. Talk to Miss April. Come on, Lauren. Talk to me. We got we got flame over there. Flame Monroe, <laughs> Monroe flame. But I love whatever the flame and the Monroe is. I love them. I tell you. Funny is all get out. Yes, Lauren. <laughs> well, first and foremost, like I said, I'm a huge fan. There's only a couple of reporters on Twitter that I follow, and you were one of them. Oh, so thank you. it's it's a pleasure to be here to talk with you. I more so wanted to ask you, did you ever imagine that you would be at the forefront, you know, as a White House correspondent having to defend one, your credibility and also to what you're bringing to the media? Mm. <sighs> You know what? That's such a powerful question. Thank you for asking that. Never. Okay. I'm a journalist, a trained journalist from Morgan State University and HBCU. I'm a product of Baltimore, Maryland. Not many people out of Baltimore um, really step out in, in, in the community, not gravitate towards us and say, you know, we've done it. There's a thing of pride. There's a thing of, of community here. And also in Baltimore, you know, the first thing that they say is, you know, um, you have the word failure built into your existence, mm. but you have to overcome all of that. And with that said, then you have someone challenging you mm -hmm. about your, your, who you are, about your journalistic integrity, about just anything about your being that knocks at you. And sometimes you go home and say, wait a minute, what are they saying? And you have to really come back to yourself. And I believe if you are standing on the pillars that you know for sure cannot be knocked, you will be okay. But it, it's, it's a lot to have a president of the United States, particularly this one, where people who may not be so sound in mind listen to him. They believe him. Mm -hmm. And they believe him so much so that right now in this moment, you have 70% of Republicans that believe wrongly that he won this election and their thought is is that joe biden stole it joe biden is doing things to take it why because he said so and just because he said so is not right to be president of the united states you have to understand you have to honor your words you have to honor people you have to understand that your words vibrate, your words mean something. And every time he took a knock at me and what he was saying, enemy of the press, I got death threats, bomb scares. I've had the bomb squad at my home. I've had the FBI at my home. I've had to move my home. Hmm. But in the midst of it all, everything that I've said is panning out to be. And sometimes you have to know what you know and stand on it. I mean, it's tough. And, and I didn't sign up when I went to Morgan State University to do this, to run for my life, because I raised my hand and asked about, Mr. President, do you realize what taking the knee really means? Mr. President, are you going to apologize to, to the Exonerated Five, formerly the Central Park Five? I never thought that asking those questions would cause me to run run with my children for my life. If I had a chance to do it again, I don't know. If I saw the movie play out before me, I don't, this thing is scary, but you know what? I thank God for giving me the strength to do it. Cause at the end of the day, I'm not going anywhere. 
Because if I do, I thank God for Yamish and for Abby and for all those other uh, reporters. But before I started asking questions like that, and I've been at the White House, January will be 24 years. And before I started asking these questions, you really didn't hear about it that much. And Joy Reid, my friend Joy Reid, who's doing a wonderful job um, anchoring yes. 7 p.m. on MSNBC, she said before April, you know, there wasn't anyone. And now April's here. It's now Vogue to ask questions on matters of race. It shouldn't be Vogue. It should be every community, every issue should be asked no matter what. Everything comes to the White House from water peace and everything in between. And that bothers me so much that people are afraid to ask questions. And it bothers me more so that people feel that I am out of order by asking it. There needs to be a civics lesson, a universal civics lesson of United States history and United, the interaction of government to government, the interaction of the press and the government, because people don't know. Because instead of saying, oh, okay, they want to fight you. They want to meet you after you leave work. They want to terrorize you and your kids. They want to send bombs. It's crazy. Yeah. And that's all from this president. Mm -hmm. You're right. And I think in a lot of ways, I also say, like, I thank you for the questions that you asked, because under oh. the Obama administration, you know, there was a sense of comfort, at least for myself, that I had that I didn't really feel like I had to tune in and pay attention because it was kind of like, I know we're going to be all right. But if it wasn't for reporters like you, you know, under this administration, it made me wake up and pay attention and really start to engage and listen and learn what was happening in our country. Lauren, you have to because you I don't know how old you are, but I'm 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 loud and proud about it. I'm twenty-five years old. Twenty-five. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, you cute. You cute. Stay <laughs> Thank cute. <you>. So <laughs> twenty-five. Right. I right. I remember when I was twenty-five. Lord, I remember. Um, but let Dang. me tell you, um a few strands ago. Um let me say this. I want you to look up Bull Connor. I want you to look up the name George Wallace. I want you to look up the Edmund Pettus Bridge. Mm. That was back in the 50s and 60s. If you close your eyes, turn your head, and open your eyes real fast and close them again, you think you were back there with this moment in time, with the sepia tone picture. We can't go backwards. And what I've found is that each generation has to be a steward maintain what's happening because we can't just rely on the fact oh the civil rights act was passed yeah that was back in 19 what 60 something early 60s early mid 60s and then oh the voting rights act was passed 1965 mid 60s voting rights act we're voting without the the full enforcement of the voting rights act now because they stripped it in 2013 in the mm -hmm. supreme court with shelby versus holder Mm -hmm. It took out preclearance. If you don't know, I don't want to go through a lot with this with preclearance, but look up what preclearance means. But the synopsis of a synopsis with preclearance is, is that certain Southern states were mandated anytime they changed the rules for their voting procedures, they had to get approval from the mm -hmm. Justice Department. Yep. In 2013, they gutted that. That's mm -hmm. what happened back in 1965. So we, in 2020, we're, we're, we're voting. They're stealing our... They're, they stealing our votes. They are hijacking the mailboxes, breaking up the sorting machines. They have put out fake ballot boxes. You know, <laughs> I'm getting so, them back. So every generation has to maintain something. Yeah. And the Civil Rights Act. If we had the Civil Rights Act, why are we 
being pushed away from certain places now it's like this is crazy miss yeah. april i'm on payback because guess yeah. what i'm doing they're cheating so i cheated too i voted in my man name and in my woman name and got a whole busload of bitches that look like me please we don't all tell did me the that. same please don't tell me that please don't tell me that don't tell me that because you know don't donald trump that. is watching right, right. now don't say Donald oh Trump, Donald Trump, if you're watching, you've been looking for a woman with balls to stand up to you for years. I am a woman with balls for real. Understand? <laughs> I know. I would love look that. Now that's one. That's one brief, and I would love to watch. Miss April, let me ask you a question. How excited were you when Biden and Harris got the mm. ticket? How when I saw Biden run to the podium, I got recharged. I was like, "Come on, old Joe." They keep calling Joe. Oh, I say Joe and Jill went up the hill, and they weren't looking for no water. Jill gave Joe they a blue pill. Pay, huh? Jill gave Joe that blue pill, and they still getting it in. Boo! I say, like, "Come on, Joe." I was so excited for him, and I was overwhelmed with Kamala Harris, sister who graduated from HBCU, who climbed all the way up to the ladder because we all expected it to be a Michelle Obama to be the first, very first woman in a position like that, or somebody. Michelle I, Obama does not want policy. I'm, I'm sure she does. She's outside yeah. Chicago. I'm from Chicago. I baby, I, all you. So have you to get say, it. So you I, get. I, I, I mm -hmm. totally get. Because you cross, you cross either one of you. It's like mm -mm, no. That's why you should have hired me to be your bodyguard because when they would have got out of the line, I would have looked like your girlfriend. I would have dropped them. I would have dropped them where they stood, April. Boom. <laughs> Y'all get out of line, meat flame. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> And I know you were, I know you were Biden, and and, and I'm, I was so excited. I want to know how you feel about Biden getting this so ticket. So I, so so as a journalist, as a trained journalist, I'm unbiased. But mm. for this moment, for the looking over everything and what the nation is dealing with, anybody but Trump. That's what I felt. Because I've had to take myself out of the journalistic journalistic role for a minute because the last few months have been so deadly. You got two over two hundred and fifty some thousand people who are dead. You've got a race war that he perpetuates. There should not have been a million mega march in the streets of Washington D.C. in the midst of a COVID pandemic. And then it should in this in this country there never should have been a million a mega million march. Number one, that's nothing but white supremacy. Well, you know, that was only about 600 people. Let me tell you. <laughs> right. It was kind of like his inauguration. Well, whatever, it was a... <laughs> how many Africans should have never been? Right. I know mm -hmm. what you're saying. <laughs> it should have never been. And as someone, and as someone, and as someone that has had to deal with his terrorism, who's been traumatized by him, anybody but him. Now, I do know Joe Biden very well. Mm -hmm. um, I do know Senator Kamala Harris. For race, um, she is a woman of color, but she identifies black and she's at an HBCU just like I attended an HBCU. Matter of fact, Howard and Morgan have a rivalry, but bears eat bison. But anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hear a challenge. I hear a challenge. Ski wee! That's for all the Because you are an honorary Delta, right? Yes, I am a Delta. And all of my sororities out there, hello. Ooh. But you know, it's so beautiful. That acceptance night, when they came out and accepted it, you saw Deltas, you saw mm -hmm. AKAs, mm -hmm. you saw black women out there. We are seen. Yeah. We are finally seen. We have been the backbone of so much in this nation. Yes, we God. saved the democracy. Yes, God. Mm -hmm. And we are finally seen. And I'm going to say this. I never thought, you know, after the Clinton years, I know that that was Clinton was your guy.
after Clinton years, I said, you know, oh, it'll never be as newsy as Clinton. Here comes George W. Bush. I said, oh, it'll never be as newsy after George W. Bush. And here comes this black man with big ears who bopped and played basketball. Oh, it'll never be as newsy mm. after mm. Barack Obama. Then here comes the orange infestation. <laughs> so Lord, I have to, it will never see, be. You got to stop saying that, Miss April. You got to stop because you invited this foolishness in here now because you keep saying you it'll never be. <laughs> <laughs> so now I get where it came from because you kept saying. So I need you to stop saying that but right I now. I never thought, but I'm going to say this. But I never, but I never thought I would see the history of the first black president. I was there at the White House when he was elected, and George Bush was upstairs. I didn't cry. I saw the spontaneous crowd coming to uh, Lafayette Park and in front of the White House, going na 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 na. Hey, Bush goodbye. I didn't cry. Other people did, but I cried when he left mm. because I saw history. Mm. I didn't cry with Kamala, but you know what? It brings chills to me to raise my, I raised my hand for the first black president and to raise my hand saying, Madam Vice President. Madam Vice President. Yeah. They, they mm. claim they can't get her name right, but you can get that right. Madam mm. Vice President. It. Madam. And, and if I you was, don't know her name, you call her Madam. You damn mm -hmm. straight. And you know, you know, I was not team Kamala for president. You know, I was Yang. But as soon as Kamala got the nomination, I started wearing my blue glasses because I was team Biden and 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 Harris all the way. But on John my John Yang is cool. John John Yang gave a lot. Each one, all of those twenty five thousand candidates that were on the stage, <laughs> gave it was a lot of them. And I was like, it was the weeding down started, but they all brought something, and they they brought something to the table to make the party think because the party needs to have a renaissance. Actually, the Democrats and the Republicans need to rethink who they are, because are you a Trumplican or are you the old guard, the vanguard of the Republican Party? Mm -hmm. Are you conservative? Are you a Trumplican? What are you? For the Democrats, are you centrist? Are you far left? Are you progressive? What are you? There needs to be a coming together. And it's, each party is not a monolith, but they have to make sure that everyone is under the, um, I, when I say everyone, everyone is under the umbrella. And that's some of the reason that Donald Trump rose, because you found a lot of people who not just feeling in the Obama years, but for many decades that they weren't touched by government. Mm -hmm. So everyone has to feel like they matter. Yeah. You, Everyone. you just made a statement about women coming so far and black women. And I, I'm, I appreciate that. I'm, I'm excited to know what you think that, that this new administration is going to look like, how colorful. It's going to look like 31 flavors at Baskin Robbins. We got we got indigenous. We got Iranian. We got a trans woman. Miss, uh, Miss how Apple? about that? We, how and about she's that? cute. And she's cute. Because, you know, a lot of times they be looking like James Brown with a wig on. But she's actually cute. I can say it because I'm part of the trans community. So I can say it. You can't say it, but I can say it. <laughs> So, and here's the hypocrisy that I stated earlier, because they say statistically trans women don't vote. So, and we love to, as a trans person. I can imagine, you know what? You know why? Because they probably felt like they weren't included. Do you know it's taken, We when, remember Biden was the one who made the mistake talking about same-sex marriage. He put, He's the one who pushed the envelope. And that was a mistake. He wasn't supposed to say it so early. So, and then that brought a lot of people like, wow, we're included. It is it is unfathomable that there is any group of people who feel like the United States government is not covering them. Mm. It, it is, it, I don't understand. And everyone, I don't care race, gender, sexual orientation, 
you pay your taxes, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, more, and more than $750, let me say that. <laughs> How about that? Oh. And he's alive on that, he's alive on that $750,000, no, $750, and we paid, what is it, $250,000 just for the drugs to save him. Uh, mm-hmm. until January the 20th at noon. Letitia, Letitia, that prosecutor in New York, you hear me, girl? Get him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you remember the movie, uh, what's the movie, Night of the Living Dead, when the, the lady was in the cemetery and he kept saying, Barbara, they're coming to get you, Barbara. <laughs> Donald, they're coming to get you, Donald. <laughs> get his ass. I'm going to send him those emails that he was so hellbent about from Hillary. I'm going to send those emails while you're locked up. People don't know what those emails were. You know what those emails was, Miss April? All those emails, because, see, Bill had cheated on Hillary publicly. So Hillary had a boyfriend on the low low. Those were actually nudies, and she didn't want nobody to see them. That's, you know, that's just my take on it. <laughs> <laughs> I love Hillary Clinton. I'm, I don't care who don't like it. I love Hillary. Baby, I, that was a joker, man. Don't, before y'all start, oh, my God, she said, I said what the hell I said is my page. Thank you for joining me at Laugh and Learn. Don't come with it, though. You come at me sideways, I'm going to straighten you up. I promise. I'm with Miss April Ryan, baby, White House correspondent. Miss April, you know what I want to know also? Since you've been in government, because you've been in government working in the White House since 97? Yes, I've been working with them. I'm not in government, but I've been working with them. How has... um? The political uh, satire changed from your perspective because you're on the other side. We're not on that side. We're on the outside looking in, but you're actually on the inside. How has the the other um, Republican senators and Democratic senators and everybody in that pool treated you? Because, you know, I'm a huge Nancy Pelosi fan. Nancy, if you're watching, girl, I would take my wig off for you. I get my breast cut out for you. I'm in love with Nancy Pelosi. Let me just say You know Nancy's from Baltimore. You know her brother and her father were mayors in Baltimore. She's from Little Italy in Baltimore. There's a there's a special sauce in Baltimore. And also, Elijah Cummings was from Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Oh, a lot of y'all gangster from Baltimore. Y'all got Monique from Baltimore. You got Jess Hilarious is from Baltimore. It's so many wonderful, powerful people from Baltimore. And y'all Jada fight. Pinkett, Jada Pinkett. We mm-hmm. fight. Jada Pinkett is from fight. Baltimore. I love you, Jada. <laughs> but you got to cut your hair and go back to looking like you did at the end of... Um, Set it off. I was in love with Jada at the end with the white mm-hmm. beater and the bald head. Oh my God. I tried to knock that TV over. Jesus, thank you. Please take the <laughs> <laughs> That was the movie, wasn't that it? That was the movie. So, how have they been treating you? Because I know that, you know, a lot of stuff comes from the top. So, we've seen his blatant disrespect of you publicly. How has people in his camp been towards you? Well, well, um, Okay, I'm gonna call names. Lynn Patton. Remember her at the very beginning? She called me Miss Piggy. Let me tell you something. They called mm-hmm. me Miss Piggy in college, and Miss Piggy was fabulous. Yes, so she was. Miss Piggy was yes, over the top trend. I'm like, you know, and I said, you know, you gotta be careful calling people names because you know, I'm like, it doesn't work so well for for people. But they they don't like me. But the Republicans that I know that I've known for years who've been my sources, they've been kind. But you have to you have to be very um, strategic in how you communicate. Mm. I cannot say who gives me information because people try to find out where I got things from. I mean, you'd be surprised with who I know and who I have their phone number and I text with who's in the ear of the president. So any good reporter worth their salt has um, a Rolodex that is worth gold, titanium, platinum, whatever. People who I have people who are in his ear, people who he interviews with. I have people who are in the Senate, in the House that he talks with, or people who are very close to the situation. They're in the room when it happens or where it happens. 
So I get information still. Um, it's 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 harder, but you know I still get it, and it's on the money. Um, people are very easy; they're very good at giving me information, but they don't want their frank fingerprints on it. Mm. Mm. Well, you tell that lady, whatever her name was, that I said you're a beautiful black woman, and black women have taken. Let me tell you something: that damn Stacey Abrams have came through like a battle axe, baby, and not playing with. It. And this is the strength of the black man and the black woman. I'm saying this publicly because I know I'm about to ruffle some feathers, but y'all do know that I do not give a damn. Okay, black women, black men, same scenario, two different scenes that could have played out very differently. Stacey Abrams was cheated out of her, out the governorship, and I said it. In, go in Georgia, and instead of her going I to agree. a hole and getting depressed, she got on the battlefield as a soldier and garnered all these votes so that Georgia turned blue, mm -hmm. something that has not happened in many, many years. Mm -hmm. Andrew Gilliam, same scenario, was cheated out the governorship in Florida, but instead of him taking the high road, this nigga went to the hotel with the boyfriend. I'm just saying, sometimes you have to make a different choice and go a different route. Strong black but woman went one Stacey way. Abrams, but let me say, but you talk about Stacey was cheated. Let's talk about the seriousness of how she was cheated out of it. The man that she was going against. Counted the votes. Mm. Now you talking about cheating and you see how they're recounting and everything. Now, Donald Trump is trying to put something in people's minds that that's not true or making them sway. This man... We can't ever say yay or nay, but how are you going to be in a contest and you don't want counting the votes? There you how, go. How, that part. how fair is that? Well, th how that, fair that, is that's that? this America right now because hear me when I tell you, Miss April, I think that somebody, and, and I'm, you know who I'm going to fault? I don't like all these fence riders. I don't like the fence riders. I fault people who were standing there in it who should have cared more about the American people than their own personal gain because they threw us under the bus as collateral damage because they wanted to keep their purse strings going or they wanted to keep their relationship with this current administration. Starting with Fauci because when Fauci was standing behind this fool when he was talking about this and Fauci is supposed to be a scientist which I ain't never trusted him since the Reagan years with the AIDS pandemic. Y'all don't want to give me started on that because he said AZT will kill AIDS. It did kill AIDS. But in the midst of killing the AIDS, it killed your pancreas, your liver, your gallbladder and everything. And then it killed you. So the AIDS died with you. So I ain't trusted him since then. I said what I said. Send him to my house. He's shorter than me. I would drop that look. Anywho... <laughs> I never trusted him since, but when they had that opportunity, when you were standing behind him, and one time Trump was saying something outlandish. I don't know what day, every day he said something outlandish. But Fauci put his hand down and put his head down and started laughing as if I'm he's lying to y'all, and I'm seeing him lying, and I can't even take this laugh. You should have spoken then because that, we, the American people would have heard you. We would have had something to believe. The unsurety of this pandemic and what was coming from the top has scared the hell out of all of us. It scared the hell out yeah, of all of us. I'm with you. I am so with you. I mean, I've seen, I've had friends who who died early on, you know, from AIDS. I've had, and and, and the drugs, you're right. The drugs will kill, early on, the drugs will kill you. Mm -hmm. I remember that. And I remember how, you know, those drugs, if you're on this drug, you can't eat this kind of food. You can't do that. It was crazy. Um, and now the drugs have come, they've come a long way. But I'm, my question is, you know, it, I'm 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 looking at the science. I'm reporting. I'm watching the three companies um, now that have something very close. But the question is, will there be trust because of what happened with AIDS? Will there be trust because of Tuskegee? Mm -hmm. 
mm. as well. Community. I'm glad you brought that up because there are four, two of we know of, HBCUs that are giving these students $1,700 to be lab rats, guinea pigs, mm-hmm. two of which are in Louisiana. What are they? Xavier, Xavier and, and Dillard. And Dillard. And, and, Dillard. I and know. I know people I know. are tight for money. I know this is a rough, rough time, but I need somebody to get in these young kids' heads because, you know, when you're young, you think you're invincible, you're in college, you can conquer the world, but you're still a human and your body is still flesh and bone. Mm-hmm. You take this and you get to $1,700 you'll never live, be allowed to live it. You're going to turn into a damn zombie. And personally, I hope I'm terrified they have of zombies. To ask their, I hope they have to ask their parents' permission. But just to let you know, the president of Dillard is also in the trial as well. He's taking it too? He's in the trial. The president yeah. of Dillard... The president of Dillard University is is in the trial. He yes. would he would have to give me the, the dose out the same needle that he's taking because I'm not trusting nobody. Let me tell you something, Miss April girl. I'm let me I'm already figured. I'm already you know they say flame. You have to be politically correct. I say I got a breast and a penis. I'm not even anatomically correct. Please don't tell me what to say or what to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole lot of moving parts over here. I'm scared if I take the vaccine, something else gonna grow. But Baby, you know I'm, what? But you're a human being. I'm a, this mm-hmm. humanity. I'm a beautiful human being. Human being. Amen. Gorgeous. Thank you. Girl, you I love you, girl. Oh. <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, you are. I mean, look, I'm sitting here looking at the pictures, you there, and all the pictures on IG. I'm like, oh, I need to come for some tips. But I'm like, okay, anyway. Um, but what I'm saying is, we all are human beings. We all are human beings. And I say this, and it's almost with tears in my eyes. Politics is not about party. It's about people. Mm-hmm. And it's agree. about humanity. And what we are watching right now, it is wearing a mask, to wear a mask or not to wear a mask, it's, it's political. Mm-hmm. It's about your life. My uncle, my, my late mother's brother, who will, who I just talked to on the phone, he, he's in Philadelphia right now. He had bladder surgery, and then he went for transfusion. Been in the hospital for about a month. Thursday, they said he had COVID, 92 years old. Mm. And listening to him on the phone, breathy, I just wanted to cry. I didn't say anything to him. I said, Uncle Paul, you're going to be all right. He said, you know, it's in God's hands. I'm like, <sighs> and I'm like, this didn't have to be. And it's, it's sad. I mean, I've lost other people, but it just hurts my heart. He's going to be 93 years old if God allows it. On January 19th, the day before the inauguration, 93 years old, and he's laying up in the hospital with COVID. Why? Because this president called it a hoax. He didn't want to wear a mask. All this foolishness. But he only paid $750 for taxes, and our tax dollars saved his life when everybody else is dying. Hmm. But you ain't hear that from me. Miss April, let me ask you a question, because you were there with her, and I know you met Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the late, great Miss Ruth Bader Ginsburg. How was she? You know, because when she died, we were like, oh, my God, we lost, we lost. And so I went back to a teaching that my grandmother taught me when I was a kid, and she said that we're all here only on loan. I felt like Ruth had struggled so long with cancer, so many different versions of cancer, losing a mother, her husband, so many people that she was like, I can't do no help here. So she left 10, 11 days before the election to go personally talk to God in his ear to say, look, my people need help. Do this up there because she had a lot more impact up there with him than down here with mm-hmm. us. This is how I seen her because people were like, oh, my God. She, I was like, no, she she knew. She was a strong fighting monster. And when I say monster, I say monster with love and affection, y'all. Don't, don't get it twisted, y'all. Oh, flame count. No, I'm saying it that as a beastly that she, she saw what she wanted. She pushed through for women's rights. 
And so when she died, I, 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 we did feel like, damn it, she should have held on for 11 more days. But I felt like when my grandmother told me that before, that we're only here on loan, that she went to do more help for us. Was she a sweet woman to you? She was. Her body was tired. Um, when you see someone like that, it's like, I still get awestruck. You know, it's like when I met Mandela, it was like, I couldn't believe it. Someone could be that convicted in their spirit to put their life on the line literally for others. She worked for equality. She worked on women's issues. And she defied the odds and prayed to the gods to last just a little while longer. She didn't give up her seat on the Supreme Court because she knew what Donald Trump was going to do. She's hung around as long as she could. And her body gave out. She could have easily, every time something happened, every time she had pneumonia or some kind of issue, pancreatic cancer or whatever that came up, she could have easily walked away. Mm -hmm. She didn't. Mm. And that kind of strength, it's more, that is something supernatural. That is a strength that you don't get every day. That's the strength that Nelson Mandela did. He forgave those who persecuted him. Mm -hmm. Nelson Mandela, a lot of people don't know this, but we couldn't take pictures with Flash with Nelson Mandela because when he was working in the quarry, some of the limestone got in the back of his eyes. And if 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 the light, it would have refracted and caused a lot of problems in his, with his sight. He went through so much for Africans in South Africa to have first-class citizenship. Because how long was he in prison, Ms. Abel? 27 years, something like that? He was in prison for a while. He was in prison for for de several decades, yes. Yeah. See, I'm, so, see, that couldn't have been me. First day, baby, I'm telling on everybody. Just, I'm telling. See, like, that's a determination like Harriet Tubman had. Because if I would have got away, I wasn't coming back. Y'all on y'all own. <laughs> and see, that's what I'm saying. That's what, that's what I'm saying. See, we, you know, we get up on Instagram. We got to pose and all that to try to show, yeah, I'm this, I'm that. But look. Under you know, get the sub story, mm -hmm. get the back story. That's the story I want. I don't care about all that posing. You might see me pose, that's but get the back story. Oh, speaking the of fight. posing, that picture with the microphone. Oh, April, I love that picture <laughs> of you. That picture is boss. Let me say that picture is so boss with the microphone like that. I'm like, oh, she look gangster. I bet you's the danger. Oh, you from Baltimore, you ain't gotta say nothing else. <laughs> you, I know how y'all do, baby. I know how y'all do. <laughs> Miss April, let me ask you another question before we get off of here. I want to know how was uh, Mr. John Lewis personally, because we know his history. We know so many stories of how he just took the on the Baddest Bridge, how they beat him across the head. And he's been in the civil rights. He spoke, he's still with Martin Luther King. He's still with B.R. Rustin. A lot of y'all don't know who B.R. Rustin is. B.R. Rustin. Look was, it up. Tell, make him look mm -hmm. it up. Make Please look, look him up. up because he was. Google him. Mind you that the LGBT community has been involved in politics long before we was popular to civil be involved rights. in politics. Civil rights. And this civil is what rights, I'm saying. Right. First class citizenship for everyone, regardless of where you come from. What any what any orientation, gender, race, what have you, sexual orientation, been around a long time. Bear Rustin, Rustin was a monster. He was mm -hmm. a monster. So I want everybody, don't don't tell them yet. Make them have that make them have that quiz for the next time you come on so they can tell you on the IG live. Oh, one mm -hmm. well, thing. Have class. Have class. Teach them. Teach them. Yes, Miss Teach me some class, Miss April. You know I'm a throwback. Miss <laughs> April, so how was John Lewis? Was he a, was he a friendly man? So John Lewis was the most wonderful man I ever met. And 
He was short in stature, but large in love. Mm. Um, I would see him and he would always make it a point to come. No matter, he'd see me across the room and he'd start moving towards me. And people would stop him and shake his hand and everything, but he kept coming. And I just mm. stood there and waited. And it may have taken him a half an hour, but he'd come to me. How you doing? I'm good. I love you. I said, I love you too. And he would want to always see how I was because he knew that I was going through some stuff. He also knew that um, I was one of the few people asking questions about us at the time. Mm -hmm. And game peeps game, you know? And he had a heart for people, but he also had a heart for peace. I remember one time being angry about something. I was at Roland Martin's uh, show. Oh, I um, love Roland. It, yeah, years ago, and and the congressman was coming in, and I said something to the effect of, I'm so angry, I'm so angry. He said, I'm with you no matter what you do, but you've got to do it peacefully. I said, okay, and we just started laughing. He broke the tension, but he believed in peace, peace work. He believed in no matter what you had to say, do it peacefully because you get further with peace, farther with peace than you would violently. Nonviolence was his was his was his being was his essence and um, I miss him. The day Biden was elected officially, which was that Saturday after that Tuesday, and we finally got I put right on my Instagram page. Please now bring April White Ryan back to the White House correspondent mm -hmm. because I miss you. I put that yeah. on my page. That was publicly. you. Okay, that, that was, was me. You, I, saw I started a campaign to bring you. I wanted you back. See, and I didn't I'll know that you left for in. COVID. I'll be back in. I'm going to be back in. We're going to be doing some. I'm making some. I believe that I believe that this moment is a moment of creativity. Even in the midst of all of this pain, I said I'm either going to go low and get depressed, which I can do, or I'm going to find out other ways to put the message out. And just stay tuned; there's more coming. Oh, and I'm, I will be Monday. back. I'm back in no Monday. Well, is Monday, coming. Monday, Monday. Monday is promised land with President Barack Obama. Stay tuned for the time. Yes. Girl, tell, <laughs> tell Mr. President Obama that me and my children, I have a huge book and a huge picture of him in my home because when I tell you, he gave me such hope, such joy, and such belief when I saw him because I'm from Chicago. So when him and Michelle came out, when he actually got the nomination, I was not in Chicago. I was in Houston, Texas. And when I saw um, him get that and people were just overwhelmed and crying. It gave me such hope as not only as a black man or a trans woman, it gave me hope as an American that I can be and do anything I want to be because right. this brother That's then right. pulled it off and then yeah. Michelle came out of her red and black Target dress. I said, girl, I got that dress. That I was Target dress. <laughs> that was Target or J. Crew. It was J. Crew. I think I got the knockoff from Target though. <laughs> Are so bad. And Michelle is so bomb. Michelle is Chicago South Side. First of all, a shout out to Chicago, my hometown. I love my city. But Michelle is a big baby. Let me tell you something. You don't want to walk up on Michelle. I know all that first lady. I'm telling y'all now, you don't want to walk up on Michelle. I'm telling you. It's just, Oprah too. See, Oprah ain't from Chicago, but she stayed in Chicago long enough. Y'all think Oprah nice? Oprah got a bodyguard named Gail. That's what y'all know. Gail ain't just her best friend. <laughs> baby, Miss Gail would drop you, baby. Miss Gail, look. Did you see how she cornered Robert R. Kelly? Like, Robert. I'm like, okay, if Gail get up, she gonna floor you. <laughs> I laughing. Why? <laughs> y'all are so bad. This is 
I, and you know what, Miss Ryan? You have just gave me the greatest compliment I wanted. That's what I wanted you to leave this show with. I wanted you to be able to say that you had a great time. Thank yeah. you for that. I, I did. I, I enjoy you. I think you're amazing. Oh, thank you, Miss Ryan. I appreciate you. You are the best. I'm ready for you to get back in there. And let me tell you something. I know that Joe Biden not going to push the envelope with you. But if you ever need a bodyguard that they won't know that your bodyguard, call me. You got my number. Call me. <laughs> But you know what? I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. The White House is going to be open and it's, they are saying it's going to reflect America. I want you to hold them to that. Thank you for that, Miss April. But I'm telling you, we got some soldiers on the back. I, I, I wouldn't be a good spokesperson for our community because I say things sometimes that ruffle people's feathers. But I want to I want to speak about these soldiers that we have that go un, un, unmentioned. Saria Sinclair out of Louisiana, Tatiana Moden out of Chicago, Valerie Spencer here in Los Angeles. These girls are trans women who have been on the battlefield fighting for trans rights and equality and visibility for such a long time. And now we got a trans woman on the Senate. Baby, let me tell you something. We like Virginia Slims. We come a long way, baby. Woo! And black women, the same. Black women take it over. I'll tell you, my mama's a black woman. That's why I emulate a black woman because I know black women are beastly. I'm, I wanted to be a beast, honey. <laughs> April Ryan, White House correspondent, fantastic mother, author, correspondent, journalist. The next time you on CNN, you tell um, um, uh, Anderson Cooper that I love him and you tell that damn, uh, what's the big Italian name? Good, the fine one. Chris Cuomo. Chris, you Chris tell Chris Cuomo, Cuomo that I would you pick, crush on Chris Cuomo. I would crush bricks for Chris Cuomo. That, that Chris oh! Cuomo is a monster, baby, in a wonderful I way. I got a crush on Chris Cuomo, too. Everybody to has a crush on Chris Cuomo. Yeah. I know his, and his wife. Brother. Who? The brother? Andrew and Cuomo. Andrew Cuomo yeah. I ain't going to be able to pull Andrew a little, little out of my league. He's just a little. T- you know, I got a type. He, and he don't cut the age requirement. But that Chris <laughs> Cuomo, good guy. Let me, I know his wife is a heavy woman. Every time she think about him taking his clothes off, she just start doing jumping jacks. Anytime, just- <laughs> Chris, is, anytime Chris is working out, and yeah, yeah, I'll be like, but no, he's a ni- he's a nice guy, and Anderson is wonderful. I love me some Anderson, and I love me some Chris. I'm 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 a blessed woman to be able to hang around with those people, those professionals. What, what you are is an amazing role model. Thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate Thank it. We are hard. Me and Nick Smith laugh and learn. Miss April Ryan, ladies and gentlemen, White House correspondent. Thank you so Bye, much. Lauren. It was a pleasure to meet you. Baltimore, it was a pleasure. Baltimore's Bye. finest, baby. Are you all about the NBA action? You've got to try Pick 6, the newest fantasy app from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Right now, new customers can earn a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 in Pick 6 credits when you deposit $5 or more. Getting started is simple. Just download the DraftKings Pick 6 app and sign up with code TBE. Pick at least two players and choose if they'll have more or less of a stat. Like, will they score more or less than 30 points? Or have more or less than 8 assists? Lock them in and compete against others for a shot at huge cash prizes. Download the DraftKings Pick 6 app now and get started with code TBE. New customers can earn a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 in Pick 6 credits when you deposit $5 or more. Only on DraftKings Pick 6 with code TBE. The crown is yours. One offer per new customer. Minimum $5 deposit to receive a match of up to $100 in Pick 6 credits. Non-withdrawable and valid for Pick 6 use only. Expire after 180 days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. 
BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Ooh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller. I traded in my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24+. Plus. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Oh, nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Of course. The choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. I want to talk with Lauren Hogan about mm-hmm. AIDS Health. AIDS Healthcare Foundation. You know, we are the largest uh, global nonprofit servicing HIV and AIDS in the world. We are in uh, 16 states domestically, including Puerto Rico and uh, Washington, D.C., and 45 countries globally. World AIDS Day is coming up, which is on December 1st, which mm-hmm. is this Tuesday. So, you know, you guys kind of touched on it with Miss um, April when we were discussing it, but there are some similarities, you know, between AIDS and coronavirus. You know, we're seeing some similarities there. So with that, we decided to have a theme this year of AIDS, the other pandemic, just so people can understand, you know, that AIDS is still very much an issue. You know, people think now because everybody may not, you know, it's not a death sentence anymore. It's not as serious as it is, but there's still, you know, 16 million people globally who are infected with HIV and don't know their status. I saw a, um, a statistic report with that said that uh, people who take the age medication answer is supposed to be a blocker for coronavirus. Is that any founded found foundation to that? Not that I know of. That's, I, I, that's I saw that twice actually. That's interesting. Uh huh. They said that the antiretroviral medicine is supposed to be really good to fight coronavirus. Interesting. I'm gonna tell you what else works. Lysol, spray a bitch, or a condom, <laughs> either or. Oh well, well with, with H. so HF has rehired me, ladies and gentlemen, to do the uh, HF burlesque campaign. So yes. thank you very much for HF. Of I ain't got my check yet, you. but I love you, Michael Weinstein. Michael Weinstein <laughs> is the uh, CEO. CEO, and yes. I met him last year when I was doing it just on a whim. He was in the audience, and I yes. could smell the money, and I went right to him because that's who I am. I smell <laughs> money. But we thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank you, my special, wonderful woman, Lauren Hogan. That's Anytime. Lauren the Diva to y'all. Lauren Anytime. the Diva. And if you want to book me for something outside of this, you have you to gotta go, go through, through Lauren, me. which is he, she, we bookings at yes. gmail.com. Mm-hmm. I also want to push my friend's coffee, Up and Adam. This is Up and Adam. He has his coffee. So y'all order uh, www.getupandadam. I thank you guys for joining me here. We will be back next week. This Friday, my interview with The Breakfast Club will be up. So you guys watch that and share. I'm Flame underscore Monroe on Twitter. I'm Monroe Flame on Instagram. Instagram and I'm Marcus Monroe Parker on uh, Facebook. Book. Yes, mm-hmm. you know the whole legal name. You, that's where the checks come in. So that's where the whole <laughs> he she we fall into play. And we can follow Lauren on 
Oh, Instagram. I am Lauren Armani H on Instagram. And that's really my main platform, to be honest. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Do so, that. And, but she works at AHF. So you have I any do. questions? And what I wanted her to come was I wanted her to be a face, not of representing AHF as a client, but as an employee to let you guys know that. Yeah. Because if so many people think that the myth is that AHF only caters to gay white men. Yeah. And I mean, I appreciate you addressing that because I think um, that's a huge misconception. You know, uh, one key thing about AHF is we have affinity groups and it's really geared toward targeted outreach so we have specific groups for you know the black community the latino community um for gay men in general regardless of you know your racial background and also you know for the latino community and for women specifically we have yes. a group called spark so you know we really want to make sure that we're getting into specific communities so we can do the work you know that's a huge misconception it's not accurate and we're all about diversity and inclusion and every day we're taking strides to make sure that we follow suit so just in case you were wondering why she's the manager now you know why <laughs> yeah <laughs> i thank it's you guys so much i will see you all next week you all have been amazing thank you to our very special guest white house correspondent april ryan y'all get her book which is called under fire yes and she will be with president barack obama on monday on her ig live so let's watch follow share and do all of that laugh and learn is a production of the black effect network and iHeartRadio. Our executive producer is Tiffany Haddish. The show is produced by Tribble. Our theme music is by Chrissy Payne. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry radio discover more shows and movies for free at 